At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. The following is an exclusive presentation of the Carolina Panthers and the National Football League. This is Panther Talk with head coach Matt Rule on the Carolina Panthers Radio Network. I think we have to get back to work and we have to sit there before our first NFC South game and say to ourselves, hey, who are we? What are the things that we do best? And, and, and try to put it all together. And now, along with Jim Zoki and Eugene Robinson, here's Anish Shroff with Panther Talk, live from the Panthers broadcast facility at Bank of America Stadium. Happy Monday. Welcome to Panther Talk, Carolina Back in action this coming Sunday against New Orleans. The Saints coming to Bank of America Stadium. Two gut-wrenching, tough losses to begin the season. You lose week one on a 58-yard field goal by a rookie kicker. Week two, it's a 56-yarder from a former Panther. By a kicker you know. Graham Gano. Let's get right to it. We've got Matt Rule on the line, the head coach for the Panthers, and he joins us now. Coach, um, I know these are two tough ways uh, to lose, and, and, and you've said it. This team is so close. What gives you the confidence that, hey, the solutions are right there in front of you? Yeah, I think I think the message to the guys today was that, you know, we have to we have to execute um, uh, and then and we have to finish. You know, at the end of the day, I think everyone saw in the NFL yesterday, these games come down to the final couple minutes and, and we have to we have to make the play to go win the game. And so I think that's the, that's the place where we are. We've got to go. We've got to go win a football game and we've got to do it. Uh, by, by by going out there and doing what we do, what we do best, executing and finishing games. Coach, you have a a new somewhat of a new offensive line. What has the offensive line given you, and particularly how has uh, Kim McQuano done on the uh, on that left tackle spot? Yeah, I think the offensive line um, was a bright spot yesterday. I think we you know, averaged six six something a carry, and and uh, you know uh, you know I thought we had a lot of clean pockets during the game. Uh, Kem's a young player. He's learning We're really good in the run game. I thought he was uh, solid in the pass protections, uh, made, made a jump from week one to week two. So uh, pleased with the group. Um, and I think they're just going to get better and better. As far as uh, the receiver group, Coach, you talked about today, about uh, getting more of them involved in the upcoming games here. Is that, I know there's a number of factors, but is it largely a, a function of the fact that there's been not as many snaps, not as many plays because of the lack of the third down conversions? I think, I think that's definitely part of it. And, um, you know, at the end of the day, we, we know we love having DJ on the field and Robbie and, um, uh, but, but, but those other guys can play too. And so, you know, LaVisca's catching on to what we do. Um, I, I know that we have a lot of confidence in Terrace Marshall and Rashard Higgins. So uh, if we can get them more involved, I think it'll be good for all of us. 
Coach, how have you addressed the first quarter with what you've seen these first two games? Well, you know, really it's a, it's an issue of first quarter really on offense. You know, I think defensively, um, you know, they couldn't have started the game any stronger. Um, so, you know, I, I think that's that's something that we we have to take a step this week. I mean, we, we, we can't put ourselves in the hole with uh, two turnovers on offense, you know, on special teams and offense to, right off the bat. But I was proud of our defense. They went out there and battled and held them to field goals and, 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 and allowed us to come back and tie the game. So to me, it all goes back to what I said earlier, just showing the guys the execution, showing them what it looks like when we do it right when we do, when we, and when we don't do it right. And um, uh, if, 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 if we come out with that mindset from the very first snap, I think we can put together a complete game. And, uh, Coach, to that same thing about execution, I like to stay on defense. Were you in eight-man front? Uh, what we saw yesterday, the speed in which we saw guys get off blocks and, and get to the point of attack, that was that was really, really good football. And uh, as you just praised your guys on defense, what did you see defensively that they did this week that they didn't, maybe necessarily didn't do as well last week? I think you hit it on the head. I thought we, I thought we got off blocks. We played fast. Um, uh, I, I thought we tackled really well. You know, uh, Barkley's a great back, but we what we tackled well. And so – um, I thought it was a real step forward defensively, and, and I thought guys played free. They played fast and, uh, and, and tackled well. Yeah, tackling was uh, terrific. Dante Jackson was talking yes, in did. the locker room today, Coach, about he felt like he had maybe some opportunities as far as getting some takeaways to start happening where he could do more, where he could you know, go for the punch outs. You know, is, it, uh, is it to some degree a mindset that the players kind of have to be thinking in that mode in that moment as opposed to just making the tackle to make these takeaways happen? Yeah, I mean, we, we, we always want the first guy to go in and tackle and the second guy to come in and punch at the ball. Um, it's something that's that, you know, that we stress that everyone believes in, but it's just not quite showing up in the moment. I think, uh, you know, when you tackle poorly in the first game, that's obviously you're just thinking about tackling. You get into the second game, you're tackling. Um, but uh, I believe if we continue to play fast and we continue to strike and play physical like we did yesterday, you know, the, the ball will come out. And, uh, you know, I think when, when you get it, when, when you get a team into 18 third down uh, opportunities, you know, um, that's a lot. You're hoping that you get one of those and, uh, you know, you take the ball away and just, just weren't able to do it yesterday. Matt, you talked about playing fast offensively. It seems you guys have been at your best when you've been able to use <clears throat> tempo. Is that just something that Baker is more comfortable with? Uh, I think it's something all, all of our guys are comfortable with. You know, we've been kind of using it um, after a, after explosive play, after a third down, after a big play, you know, getting right up on the ball and running another play. And, you know, in the first game, it led to that explosive uh, play to Ian Thomas. This game, it led to that explosive play uh, to Robbie Anderson on the over route. So um, you know, when we look at the things that we are doing well, I think that's one of the things that we feel like, hey, we can continue to build on. And, Coach, when you add Christian McCaffrey in the mix, it's just incredible – whether it's deception or just, just making people look like they can never play football. Uh, will we see more of Christian McCaffrey? Will we see more touches, whether that's in the passing game and the running game? Yeah, I think, um, you know, I think uh, we came into this game hoping to get him into the 20s, had some opportunities, uh, you know, a couple screens, a couple, uh, you know, check downs that, that just d- didn't go his way. But uh, hopefully we can, hopefully we can keep him in that 20 uh, touch range. I mean, I think, um, you know, obviously when you have a player like that, you always want to get him involved and uh, we want to keep him more involved. Coach, what makes him so good and like so uncanny, almost like you just can't hit this guy? What What is it about Christian McCaffrey that he's so, so good? What is it that you guys see that he brings to the table that makes him so good? I think he's, he's quick. He's explosive. He's got a tremendous contact balance. He bounces off people. 
Uh, but at the end of the day, you know, I think I think he'll be the first to say it. You know, he he's one of those guys who he you know he kind of always does the right thing. If he's supposed to go right, he goes right. If he's supposed to go left, he goes left. He's always in the right position, and that that allows him to make so many plays. You were talking about you've got a young kick returner who, who dropped a couple of balls, and you had a young receiver that dropped a couple of passes that were catchable at this level, the highest level of football. How, how a, as a head coach, do you handle that as far as talking to the player and when? Or is that a positions coach thing as far as when you're dealing with a guy's confidence, when you know they're good, but you, you also need them to play well? Yeah, I think, you know, obviously I'm sure the, the position coaches, you know, they, I'm, not, I'm not sure. I know that they, they address it and they talk to it and they work with the guys on that. Um, I, I'm always involved with that. And as you said, um, those conversations are important because there is a, a thin line between, you know, confidence and at the same time uh, understanding that, hey, you know what, to, to play at this level, you have to make these plays. And, um, um, you know, drops in the game of football are going to happen. Mistakes are going to happen, but but we can't turn the football over and we can't turn the ball over on kickoff returns and, and, and to start the game. And so um, everyone knows that, but we, now we have to get rid of that. And uh, that, that's, that's, that, that, that's the key. And, and so it comes from me, it comes from everybody else. Matt, you talked today about trying to get, you know, a few more guys involved in the receiving game. Uh, I know shy had a couple of drops um, this past Sunday. Uh, who in particular are you looking at that you feel can, you know, can add to what you have? Yeah, well, I mean, we, we got Chanel here, you know, two weeks ago, and, uh, you know, we know the type of player that he is. It's been a, it's really been more about, you know, getting him to, you know, caught up to speed on, on what we're doing. So hopefully, you know, we're, we're trending closer to that. Uh, Terrace and, and Rashard are two guys that they, they play with us all training camp. Uh, they just haven't gotten a lot of opportunities. So um, as we as we convert third downs and stay on the field and get more guys involved, um, hopefully uh, those guys will see their opportunities move up. And, Coach, as you guys turn your attention towards this week uh, with the Saints coming in, what have you seen preliminary uh, from these guys, uh, from the Saints, whether offensively or defensively, that makes those guys good? Well, they're, they're fantastic on defense. You know, they, um, they, uh, they mounted a, a strong comeback in, in week one to come back against the Falcons and win an improbable game at the end of the game. Um, they've got, you know, great defensive players. Uh, you know, offensively, Jameis is healthy. Um, they've got a tremendous receiving core, Michael Thomas, Chris Olave, you know, Jarvis Landry. They've brought in a lot of veteran players this year. Um, and, uh, you know, that, that game yesterday it was 3-3 with seven minutes left against yes. the Buccaneers. So, uh, it, was a, it was a battle. So they, 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 they played two games, you know, all the way down to the wire, and, and they've won one and lost one. And so, um, like most games in pro football, you know, we've got to go play well. We've got to execute and get to the end of the game and go finish it. To highlight something that probably hasn't been talked about a lot anyways is it was such a field position game yesterday. Johnny Hecker at one point was four out of four about placing it inside the 20 wow. on the punts. Eddie Pinheiro has made all of his field goals. Of course, you got J.J. Jansen back there and so forth. You, you, you obviously highlighted with Chris Tabor coming in the special teams component of winning games with your special teams. Are, again, we, we know about the, the dropped kick return, but as far as that aspect of it, are you pretty pleased with what you're seeing from those guys? Yeah, I think, you know, I think we have two of the better gunners in pro football with Sam Franklin and uh, Stanley Thomas Oliver. We have a, a tremendous battery with J.J. Jansen and Hecker and Eddie's been doing a great job so far. So I've seen a lot of uh, positive things. And, um, you know, uh, you, when you talk about field position, you know, after those first two turnovers, even, you know, on fourth and one, converting it and, and, and flipping the field, you know, all those things matter. So I think uh, Coach Tabor does a good job with the special teams and the guys are bought into playing well on them. Well, Coach, I know you got the Saints coming up this Sunday, so best of luck to you. Enjoy this uh, three-game homestand. Uh, you know, you don't have to get on planes or worry about travel for the, for the next few weeks. Thank you, guys.
All right, Matt Let's Rule, head coach of the Carolina Panthers. Panthers coming off a loss to the Giants on Sunday, back in action this coming Sunday against the Saints. Panther Talk continues on the Carolina Panthers radio network. This is Panther Talk, brought to you by Bank of America, official bank of the Carolina Panthers. You have to find a way to win the game at the end of the game. You know, we know in the National Football League it's going to come down to the last five minutes of the game. We expect that. I thought, you know, when you start off the way we started off with two, you know, two turnovers and the defense playing as well as they did and to take the lead in the third quarter, you know, battling back, I thought uh, I was proud of the team for that. But at the end of the day, we have to we have to make uh, one more play than they make at the end of the game, whether that's picking up a blitz or, or scoring a touchdown in the red zone or, or, or stopping them in four minutes at the end of the game. And uh, that's my job. I, I, I have to find a way to help them get over the hump. And, uh, you know, we were not able to do that these last two games. Um, and that's uh, that's I know how frustrating it is for our guys and for everyone. But that's that's what we have to find a way to do. Panther Talk continues on the Carolina Panthers radio network. Broadcast Roundtable is brought to you by Sitco. Keep your engine clean with TriClean. Sitco Gasoline. Sitco, let's go together. And Ashraf Jimzoki, Eugene Robinson with you. Um, yeah, there's this story in Greek mythology about Tantalus. So he is eternally damned. And his punishment is there is a branch with grapes hanging above his head. And every time he reaches up, the branch goes a little higher. And the grapes are always just a little out of reach. And then he's standing in a pool of water. And every time he bends down to get a drink of water, the water recedes. And that's what it feels like these first two weeks. You're so close. And that's where we get the word tantalizing, tantalizingly close, but coming up short. Um, We addressed this a little bit with Matt Rule, Eugene. I go back to the first quarter, and some of these numbers are stark. So in two games, no points. No points. In the first quarter, seven total passing yards. 0 for 5 on third downs. 38 total yards of offense. Not one one grape. (laughs) No, there's not one grape. grape. And and you're not really close to that grape either. They know they have to get off to a better start. What is the key to that? So uh, I know that you have to play clean football because the teams in this league are too good. If you have a mistake, i.e. a fumble, two fumbles, it's hard to recover from that. Because everybody practices and everybody's really good. Now your defense has to get on the field and, and now they have to defend short field. So you have to have a concerted effort that we've got to be mistake-free. Now, you won't be mistake-free, but you you, you got to think that way. you got to think about I'm protecting the ball at all costs. Well, the ball is the most important thing. And as lackluster as the first halves have been, these quarters have been, you know, and then you see the Panthers pick up. Uh, later when it's in the second second half, they need to start that way. That that's one of those come to you know Jesus meetings in the <laughs> locker room. And say, hey, dude, what, what are we doing? We, we can't go out there lackluster. This has to be a concerted effort by every person on the team that we're going to be moving forward. Now, I mean, I know it's a little easier said than done, but you can't have those zoke. You can't have those things that really stop you in your tracks. And those are turnovers big time because everybody on the sideline goes, oh, man, that's what they do. You know, they, they, they don't go, let's, let's get out there. We got it. They go, man, turn the ball over. Mm-hmm. And that sets inside you. And then you got to eradicate that feeling because now you're expecting things to go wrong as a, doing things right. And just to take, to take the offensive part of that, it, it feels sometimes like that old phrase, there's a lot of moving parts. It feels like we have to have A, B, C, D, E all happen to get – 
a decent gain. And it, it needs to be more smooth and big chunks and easy and kind of more freewheeling where, you know, Baker can go back and, you know, get a 20-yard out route. And then Christian breaks off a 12-yard run. And I, I know that's not everyday living, but those – Drives need to exist at times where you can have a snappy little, you yeah. know, not the one play 75 yard bomb to Robbie Anderson, but you know, one of those five, six play drives where it's like chunk, 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 and maybe you don't have one in there, five out of six, something like that. And, and then you start to loosen up and you get a rhythm and you talk about tempo and things like that. Uh, Anish, I think that's where you can like maybe get that no huddle and, and just kind of get into a rhythm that way. Or and that's why I want to see I want to see more Christian McCaffrey. I know that he, coach mentioned about the touches a little bit. I, I think that he is the key. I think that. That guy is the key. Everybody keys on him, but he is so good. He makes people miss. And the way that the offensive line is blocking, I think they run block better than what they pass block, in my opinion. And I think with the run block, I'm like, look, let Christian McCaffrey eat. Find ways to get the ball in his hands strategically because he is that guy. You know what, Eugene? That looked to be the plan. We were up there, and early on, obviously that first drive never happened because of the fumble. Second drive, when the Panthers get it, you saw a heavy dose of McCaffrey, a concerted effort to go to him early. They're moving the football. Then what happens? Robbie Anderson fumbles. And that was, to your point, that was deflating. You could feel that. Mm-hmm. No, it's those are game-changing moments that we oh, talked about goodness. our defense needs to create for us. So if you give two away, you got to get two back, maybe three back as a defense. So you have to pay that. Again, we talk about complimentary football. If, like, if, if the offense is letting you down early with some takeaways – Let's go in there and peanut punch a few out into ball hockey. You know, Frankie had one in his hands, and he knows it. Oh, yeah. That would have been a big game-changing one. might have been a pick six, in fact, and, if you had gotten and do, that. And that's what we're, I'm talking about. And seizing the moments, like uh, opportunities like that, when you, you drop back, uh, you move out in the flat, and the ball is coming directly at you, that's one. I don't care how you got to catch it. You don't have to textbook catch it with your hands, thumbs together, uh, index finger, all that stuff. You ain't do all that. You just got to catch the ball. And why? Because defensively, we've always said, look, if you just catch the ball, we got an interception. If you do absolutely nothing, our offense is getting on the field. And what's going to happen is it's going to switch to the momentum. And when you don't have those plays like Frankie Louvo, and I know he was kicking himself, it, those are the plays you go, oh, man, that would have made a major difference. It would have changed the entire narrative. And those plays you got to seize. I mean, you got you got to seize. And if you don't seize those plays when the opportunity comes, then you're sitting there going like this. Um, I hope they don't kick the field goal to win the game. Mm-hmm. Bold prediction: the Panthers will get a takeaway on Sunday. Oh, they're they're really close. Well, they're going to. Jameis Winston is the quarterback, and he got three picks anyway. So did you. And I want to say it was three consecutive drives right in the fourth quarter he threw interception interception he's got interception a significant back injury he's playing with because he was pretty clean last year when Sean Payton was yeah, 14 touchdowns three picks a year yeah, ago so he got hurt early in the year and now he's dealing with a back injury so I don't know if that's I heard the he has cause. some broken bones he's in got his like, back like four different fractures in his back they somehow playing with so that's got to be impacting him to some degree just like Baker last year with the non-throwing shoulder but yeah, this is the, the week to take advantage of that Alvin Kamara if he comes back his first game back let's make him sore cough up a football, things like that. So this has got to be the week. It's going to be a point of emphasis, but as we talked about that with Coach Mandrill, you've got to secure the tackle first and then come in because you don't want to start going ball yeah. hawking and then they're breaking tackles and getting big gains out of it. And don't forget, this is uh, New Orleans has always been a good running team. They can run the ball extremely well. We know Tomo Kamara, he's a guy, Ingram can run the ball. Everyone can run the ball. They do a good job of running the ball, and that sets up their passing game. And don't forget, they got Landry that's there. Oh, they drafted Olive. I mean, they got, I mean, they got, Olave, they got Olave, a crew. They, Thomas. They got some dudes who can who now can that wobble, Michael man. Thomas is back. Yeah, they got some guys. But I, I like our secondary. I think our secondary really matches up. I would like to see some cleaner football from maybe J.C. Horn with his eyes on on the receiver a little bit more. 
But I like our matchup in the in the secondary with their receivers. I, I like it. I, I like the matchup in the trenches, too. Oh, yeah. This New Orleans offensive line is not the same. You don't just lose a Toronto Armstead to Miami and say, hey, we're still an elite offensive line. They're, they're not. And they've been vulnerable on the edge. Brian Burns had two sacks against the Giants. He was unstoppable, Look, unstoppable. most of the day. They got pressure from the middle with Derek Brown, Matt Ioannidis, Marquand McCall had a big TFL in the backfield. He surprised me. I tell you what. You he know, surprised he's me. He's a big guy, undrafted free agent out of Kentucky. Hungry. Looks like he might be a I a think gem. he's a guy. I think he's a guy. He was hungry trying to get his eat on. <laughs> he was. He was, def- he he was, was definitely. I mean, but you mentioned Derek Brown in that uh, list of players, too. I thought that was one of Derek Brown's best games, games right? in, in his time here with the Panthers. The very first play, I watched the very first play, he drove the center back into the backfield to help to make the tackle on that play. I was like, whoa, that's what you need. And that's that the thing. Play. It wasn't a big stats day, but he impacted the game yep. in so many ways. And that's what they said when they drafted him. He, he's a defensive tackle. He doesn't have to go get eight sacks this year. But, you know, pressure the pocket, move the quarterback out. Let's set somebody else up to get a sack or to, get, to tackle a running back. And that was the kind of game playing sideline to sideline as a defensive tackle thinks that he's got that athleticism yes. as a defensive tackle to bring. Yeah, one of the bright spots, really two of them, Derek Brown – and Frankie Louvu, coach mm-hmm. talked about Louvu. You know, those are two guys you identified before the season who have considerable upside left. And part of the Panthers' successes or failures this season depends on about a dozen guys taking that next step in their evolution, in their growth as a football player. Brown and Louvu are near the top of the list. You're starting to see that. That was a good sign. Yeah, whose turn it is? Jeremy Chin. Yeah, because he, you know, his he his first year he had some big, you know, obviously big the back to back fumble recovery touchdown. He had some big moments out there. It's been a little quiet so far. I'm not saying he's not playing good football. No, but it's time quiet. that next level kind of talk getting back to that where he's impacting the game with some big. big and splash I think plays. that's a function of how they're playing in the secondary because he's further back from the ball. Because his first year he was near the line of scrimmage, almost a la like a. So Xavier Woods has gotten double digit yeah, tackles both yeah, ways. Yeah, and so, so now. Xavier's getting some of that that run, and typically it's Jeremy Chin. And also Jeremy Chin's been doing a lot of covering, too. Yep. I see him drop down and, and cover it. So it's almost like they used to do this with Ken Easley when I played with the Seattle Seahawks. They would take him out of play. We know you're on that guy. All right, we take that guy, and we get him out to play. Now we don't have to worry about you. And so I think there's a little bit of that going on because clearly he's like a Troy Palomalo type of guy, a Leroy Butler. Just put him in out there, and he's going to eat and make plays after plays. But right now, the way they have him back, I think, you know, I would maybe I wouldn't put him on man-to-man. I would let him be a little bit more free. All right, we have more to do on Panther Talk. Jim Zoki caught up with Keith Taylor today. We'll have that inter- interview for you next, and then later on in the show, John DeShazer from NewOrleansSaints.com will join us to give us the intel on the Week 3 opponent. This is the Carolina Panthers Radio Network. This is Panther Talk, brought to you by Coke, official fan refreshment of the Carolina Panthers. I think we ran the ball well. We had some, uh, we had some explosive runs. I thought we had some you know, good play actions. I just think we have to stay on the field and have more at-bats. And, uh, you know, they, they changed up a lot of what they would do as the game went on. And, um, you know, we, we uh, had a lot of free runners there at the end of the game when it mattered. Um, uh, it's one thing if, if they beat somebody and get the sack, but we know we can't let someone come free. And obviously, you know, we have to find a way to get it all to click, but we don't we don't look or feel like we're in rhythm yet. Um, I believe that it's coming. I believe that it will it'll all happen, but uh, it hasn't happened yet. And I, I, that, that's what's frustrating for the guys. Back to Anish Roth, Eugene Robinson and Jim Zoki with 
Panther Talk on the Carolina Panthers Radio Network. All right, with Panthers defensive back Keith Taylor. Keith, obviously it's tough when you start 0-2 and you know going back to last year with not having won for a while. What's kind of the mood and the mindset of the team right now as you get ready for this one with the Saints? Um, obviously, I feel like our spirits are a little down yesterday. Um, but today, I think, you know, we're going to have the right mindset coming in, uh, coming into this week. You know, just just got to get to it. Really, it's really just uh, being able to play free at the end of the day and, uh, you know, just going out with the, going out with the win. So. And obviously, two games, five-point difference, it's not far off. I mean, you take no solace in the record. But just as you get ready, I mean, that's got to feel like, you know, you guys know it's a play or two away from turning this thing around, right? Yeah, yeah. It's like we're, like, you know, watching the film, like we're literally, like, that close and, you know, Sometimes being close isn't like ever enough. So it's really just we got to stick to the details and just, you know, when those plays, when those plays come at us, we got to make those plays. Kind of come in bunches. I guess it's weird that you haven't as a collectively had a takeaway in the last five games going back to last year. But do, do like sacks, do they kind of come in bunches like that sometimes? Yes, they do. Like I, what, we had, what, one sack last uh, our first game, I believe. And, you know, yesterday we had three or four yeah we had three sacks so you know they come in bunches so you know I feel like you know once we get that first turn turnover it's just gonna you know that will just gonna keep going so um you know we have a lot of talent on this team um you know everybody once we get it clicking you know I think it's gonna be a gonna be we're gonna be a really tough team to beat I feel like how's this season feel for you personally just as far as your preparation getting through training camp through this early part of the regular season now that you've been in the system for an additional year now um I feel like you know I feel like I'm pretty seasoned uh you know, I feel I kind of feel like a veteran, man. Uh, I I feel like I prepare a lot better than I did last year. I feel like you know I'm ready to go. Um, you know, whatever whatever they need me to do, whether it's special teams or defense. So um, you know, I'm really you know just waiting on uh, you know opportunities. And you know, once the opportunity comes, you know, obviously I gotta make do my thing. And outside of getting JC back to health, what uh, what's uh, Xavier Woods meant in terms of what his addition to the defensive secondary has meant for you guys? Man, he you know he's a really good player, man. He's uh, communicates a lot. He's real loud, very vocal. Um, you know, you just you just feel his presence out there on the field. You know, when you're out there with him. So, um, you know, I think you know that was a very big pickup for uh, to get him over in the off season. Um, you know, I'm excited. You know, to see you know what he and Chin does. You know, throughout this entire season. So it's gonna be fun. Last thing, Saints, of course, and Jameis Winston. But, uh, you know, uh, he, he played pretty well last year in a short season, but he had three picks last week. So you guys got to feel like with your knowledge of him, there's going to be some good opportunities there too. Yeah, for sure. You know, once those opportunities come, though, you know, we have to go go ahead and take that ball away. So, you know, we can't miss, a, miss any layups. That's Panthers defensive back Keith Taylor. More Panther talk coming up after this. This is Panther Talk, brought to you by Atrium Health, because you deserve to live your best life, and we're here to help. We have to take the ball away. Um, you know, we did it in the preseason games. We, you know, we did it in, in training camp. That was our, that was our one of our core philosophies. And you know, uh, we had a chance at one today. We, we still haven't gotten the ball out, and so um, we took away a lot of the things that they wanted to do. I thought we had a lot of tackles for loss, a lot of sacks, a lot of negative plays. But, um, you know, our defense, the guys that we have, I believe in them, and I believe that they're capable of taking the ball away and, and uh, you know, helping our offense, you know, get into rhythm by giving them the ball at the 15 or the 20. This is Panther Talk on the Carolina Panthers Radio Network. And that opportunity may come Sunday against the Saints. New Orleans turned it over five times out in the loss Sunday to Tampa Bay. Uh, that was a 3-3 game going into the fourth quarter. Buccaneers scored 17 in the fourth to win it 20 to 10. Let's talk a little Saints. They are the week three opponent. We bring in John DeShazer from NewOrleansSaints.com. And uh, 
I guess let's start with the health of the quarterback, Jameis Winston. We know he's been battling this back issue. How healthy is he right now? Well, he was healthy enough to play. And, I mean, I always say about the NFL, even though it's not my back, um, if you go out there and you're healthy enough to play, if you, if you can't play, then don't go out there. Don't go out especially there. If you can't defend your, yeah, especially if you can't defend yourself because there were a couple of times where he, he kind of scrambled and he looked a bit tentative. But for the most part, um, he said he was fine. Coach Dennis Allen said today he was fine. And you kind of trust that the doctors say he's okay. Uh, he threw the ball. There's nothing wrong with his arm. He just didn't have the mobility that you would kind of expect him to have that, that we've seen the last couple of seasons. So from that standpoint, he looks a bit affected. But for the most part, he was out there and he was playing and, and, he, and he looked okay. What do you see in their, in their rushing game? Um, the run game came around a little bit yesterday. Uh, the big thing was the fumble by Mark Ingram, but the run game, um, both offensive linemen like to be physical. Uh, they've got an offensive line that can pound the rock against you, and so I think they relish that opportunity to pound it against the Tampa Bay defense that doesn't allow you to run the ball a whole lot. Uh, ran it 401 yards, 20 carries. Um, they just got into a position where they felt like, you know, I think they pressed a little bit in the fourth quarter. The, the Saints of Tampa Bay play these type games where if you fall behind by seven, it feels like 17. Wow. And I think you get into a bit of a panic mode. I think we saw that some last year in Tampa where Saints won that game 9 nothing, but it always felt like it was more like, you know, 17 nothing or that kind of thing. And I, so I think the Saints fell into that same trap yesterday where they felt like, even though it was a 10-3 game, they felt like they needed to do something big to really hit a big play, and it turned it turned around and bit him. Well, we all saw the uh, the fight uh, with uh, Mike uh, Evans and Marshawn Lattimore. We asked Dante Jackson, the Panthers cornerback, in the locker room, "What did you learn from watching the tape?" He said, "Don't fight." Uh, what do you? <laughs> <laughs> well, there's, there's a history there, isn't there? That this is this goes back a couple of years with those two players, doesn't it? Look, I, yeah, it goes back to Marshawn Lattimore's rookie year, where, where Mike Evans gave him one of the all-time cheap shots. They can, they, you can call it whatever you want to. Um, Marshawn Lattimore was was drawing back and forth with the Tampa Bay bench. Mike Evans runs out of nowhere and blindsides him. I mean, really gives it to him. And so, you know, this is one of those situations where I don't know how Mike Evans feels about Marshawn Lattimore. And Marshawn Lattimore won't tell you how he feels about Mike Evans. But if Mike Evans was on fire, I don't know if Marshawn (laughs) Lattimore would help him. He wouldn't do it. (laughs) <laughs> I just don't think he would. You, you I mean, cleaned, that, you cleaned that joke up at yeah, the end know, nicely. You, you, you cleaned that up really good. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, you know, I didn't want to say it how I want to say it, but I, I mean, know. those two guys can't stand each other's guts. I mean, they can't stand each other. And so when they're, when they're on the field together, there's going to be something. It might not be a penalty, but, I mean, there's going to be some, some, you know, some guys who are probably trying to throw some punches under the rib cage, under the pads. I mean, they cannot stand one another. Makes for some good copy and for some good video on Twitter. Um, John, this defense, what, what impressed you the most about the New Orleans defensive effort against Tampa? Well, they seem to match up well against Tampa. They seem to be able to disrupt the receivers. You know, they've got the quarterbacks and, and defensive backs who can do it. And then you can rush with four. And the previous two years, they've been able to get to Tom Brady, get him on the ground. They weren't able to get him on the ground yesterday, but they were able to kind of, you know, rush him a little bit get him off schedule a little bit. If you can ha- ha- handle those receivers, and look, it, help, it helps a great deal with Chris Godwin and Julio Jones don't play. Let's, let's not minimize that. But the Saints seem to have the recipe 
for that Tampa Bay offense. And if you can get those receivers off schedule, if you can disrupt them, you can get to Tom Brady or at least you can throw the timing off. And they've been able to do that. Uh, they were able to do it yesterday, even though they didn't get Brady on the ground. So they seem to have a really good recipe when it comes to that. And it helps the defense that they know where Tom Brady is going to be. He's going to be in the pocket. He's not going to scramble. He's not going to hurt you with his legs. You know where he's going to be. So it enables them to help out a little bit in terms of just rushing now. But they're also he's like, all but they're also giving they up 136-point really yards. Sorry about that. They also was giving up 136.5 yards per game rushing. What does that tell you about their rush defense? Well, I mean, they, they were going to figure it out. I mean, they were going to figure it out because, you know, they're not a team that gives you, you know, the Saints gives you a lot in the run game. They just don't. And so when you get in that situation, it was a matter of basically they were ticked off with themselves because they said, look, we had guys who were a little bit out of position, probably trying to do a little too much. They didn't really know how to defend Atlanta in that read option in the first game with Marcus Mariota. They just they didn't have a good feel for what the Falcons wanted to do on offense, and they struggled against the run. And you generally don't see that with the Saints, but they knew exactly what Tampa wanted to do. They knew Tampa wanted to hammer them around with Fournette, and they knew kind of what Fournette does. And they've got guys who, Demario Davis and Pete Werner, and they've got some pretty physical defensive backs where they don't mind hitting Leonard Fournette. You know, a lot of people see Leonard Fournette and, you know, get third quarter or so, fourth quarter. You know, they kind of really don't want to hit him anymore. The Saints don't mind hitting it. I know it's only Monday, but uh, do you have any leaning or sense on Alvin Kamara's availability for this week? Well, they said he was pretty close to playing yesterday. Um, really, it was a game-time decision, Dennis Allen said today. So I would expect him to play. He certainly likes to play against Carolina, and, and, and not just because he's a huge competitor. But, look, if you're Alvin Kamara, you look on that other sideline, you see Christian McCaffrey, you see the guy who you know a lot of people kind of compare you to. You know, Allen was, I think, NFL Offensive Rookie of the Year when both of them were rookies. McCaffrey gets drafted in the first round. But I think those guys – careers have kind of run parallel and so you want to go out there and show your best you know when the guy is on the other side of the field who a lot of people kind of feel is is you know maybe better than you or certainly not worse than you and puts up great numbers than Christian McCaffrey you know if they can run the ball effectively say this about any team it sets up less predictable passing downs but but right now John how concerned are you about the Saints ability to to pass protect it feels like they've given up a lot of sacks these first two games very, 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 very. And, 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 what, and what Dennis Allen has said a couple times is he doesn't think it's necessarily a protection issue, which leads you to believe that he believes, you know, maybe Jameis Winston is holding the ball a little bit too long or not making his reads quickly enough because he really hadn't dumped it on the feet of the offensive lineman and the, and the protection. And so that's something that's got to get cleared up quickly because, you know, the Saints, they can run the ball some. We, we, we believe they can run it some. But they've got some weapons at receiver that you've got to be able to get those guys the ball, get it in their hands, and allow them to work. And it hasn't worked except for one of the seven quarters here early in the season. Now, two games in, you don't want to go into panic mode, and yet you want things to be syncing up a little bit better than they have for the Saints so far. And it just hadn't happened yet. So I don't know when or if the magic is going to click in, but the Saints needed to click in quickly because you can't continue to have your quarterback sacked six times a game. No quarterback in the NFL except Joe Burrow, I guess, getting last, getting sacked that much. Okay, let me – I want to do this right here. The, uh, the Panthers lost with a 
yard field goal, fifty six yard field goal. What type of leg does Les have? I know he. <laughs> I, I, know, I know that oh, he, Eugene. I know he had. He had. A, you know, he had kicked the one off plus plus fifty. Uh, what type of leg does he have? I mean, is he giving him what you, you can see out there? Yeah, he'll, he'll give it. I think he. I think he's pretty comfortable, probably from sixty sixty one. I mean, it depends because in the preseason he kicked a fifty nine yard. I mean, he's got he's got the leg. Last year, the Saints missed him so bad. You know, they finished nine and eight. They go through four kickers. They probably lost a couple of games because of those kickers. So maybe they don't get in the playoffs because they don't have a reliable kicker. Will Lutz is a Pro Bowl caliber kicker who. You know, when he's healthy, and he is now, he can win games, and he can win them from 55 to 60. They feel really comfortable in those situations with him. So let me tell you something. If, if it comes down to it, I can't guarantee that he's going to make it, but they're going to put him out there and let him try. John, on that note, I'm going to have to let you go. That's a tough way to end this segment. Yeah. That's a tough way to end this segment. Yeah, my goodness. We're, we're kicking you out. Man, <laughs> career-long 58. Oh, I'm blocking you right now. Kicked out of this oh, show. Oh, boy. All right, we'll, we'll talk more here when Panther talks. Right, I choose my questions better. John DeShazer from NewOrleansSaints.com joining us. Thank you, John. This is the Carolina Panthers Radio Network. Panther Talk continues on the Carolina Panthers Radio Network. Back here on Panther Talk, and Ishraf Jibzoki, Eugene Robinson. Uh, Jim, you got, what, an injury update for us? Well, we do. Uh, from the game yesterday, injury updates are brought to you by Ortho Carolina. No matter if you're injury-prone, weekend warrior, parent of a child needing orthopedic care, when things look bad, choose better. And from the game yesterday, Dante Jackson dealing with a hamstring injury, as is Bravey and Roy. Of course, we'll get more updates as the week wears on, Ortho Carolina, better choice, official team physician of the Carolina Panthers. I wanted to start here because I, I, I understand, you know, folks frustrated, right? 0-2 and, and and you're coming off four straight losing seasons. I get all that. And this isn't to say past is prologue, but um, a few weeks ago I was talking with J.J. Jansen, the longest tenured, longest tenured Carolina Panther, the long snapper. And you know, the one thing that he said to me that stuck out, he said, this team reminds him a lot of the 2013 team. And you go back to 2013, that season started with two real gut punch losses. Panthers down 12-7 to Seattle, driving in the red zone. D'Angelo Williams fumbles. Seattle recovers. Panthers never get the ball back. You guys remember the following week, Buffalo, six seconds to go. E.J. Manuel to Stevie Johnson. Touchdown pass. Over. Point after. Norman. Yep. That's a, yeah, double Josh Norman. Mm-hmm. 24-23. You're sitting at 0-2. They go hammer the Giants 38-0 in week three, lose week four, and then go 11-1 and the rest of the way. Now, again, I'm not suggesting past is prologue, but I bring that up only because J.J. Jansen, again, the guy who's seen it all and has been here the longest, 14 years, told me a few weeks ago this team reminds him of that 2013 team where you know, you're, you're Pieces are in place. You're building towards something. You just kind of need to see it come together. Yeah, because there's a lot of elements on this. When you look defensively, there's a lot of elements on this defense that is that is stellar. You talk about the defensive front, and particularly on the edge with Brian Burns. Brian Burns, to me, is a game changer. He showed that to me just the other day. And then with the secondary, I think the secondary is really, really good. But we not we hadn't talked about the linebackers how good they are because they get overshadowed. They just get overshadowed a little bit here. And I, I love Frankie Louisville. So I, there's some pieces 
to this puzzle that are really, really good. And offensively, we're a threat, man. I mean, we are a really big threat from Robbie to DJ to McCaffrey. It's putting all this stuff together, and that's what I think J.J.'s saying. He said, look, I see all these elements here. We just got to put this thing together because if we can, we can go on that run. I'm just going to add a little time perspective. The season goes into early January. There are 15 <laughs> yes. more games to go. This is not college football. I mean, this is the NBA almost. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 17 feels like a ton of games. I know it's only one more than it used to be, but there is, there's 15 games to go. And you hear people, because of Twitter and social media, first quarter around the league, not just here, but around the league, bench the quarterback, fire the oh. coach. I mean, it's just like you can't react to all this stuff. You've got to take some time. We all want to hit microwave. Sometimes you got to bake it for a little bit and just give it a That's little a little time to get through what is a longer grind than we probably realize as we sit here in September that it is. Well, we have this vehicle now with social media where we can have this hyperbolic reaction to literally everything. You know, a guy misses a block on second and eight in the second quarter of the third game of the regular season. Yeah, man, this guy can't play. Oh, he can't, can't play. play. He can't play. That. So, you know, everyone's got this jump to conclusions, Matt. Everyone wants to have this polarizing take on everything. And and I'll say this, 0-2 back in the day when you played 16 games you know, felt like a death sentence. With that extra game, I, I just don't think 0-2 is the same. Right. And this is 0-2 is a little bit different. It's not 0-2 getting blown out, 0-2 getting your head busted. It's 0-2... You know, starting slow and having a chance to win it. By a total of five points. that's what that is. Yeah, they have started slow. We're going to talk about finishing when we wrap up the Panthers in the fourth quarter. A couple of uh, interesting stats that jump out from the first two games. That's coming up here on Panther Talk. Panther Talk continues on the Carolina Panthers radio network. Hey, Anish Roth, Eugene Robinson, Jim Zoki, Panther Talk. Here on all the affiliates on the Carolina Panther Radio Network, the, the fourth quarter of games, we, we've seen the heartbreak the last two weeks, Cleveland and New York, and you start to dive in, and you know, at times it seemed like, hey, the defense that was getting stops and making plays, now maybe some missed tackles, mm-hmm. and the holes were getting a little bit bigger, and you try to dive into the why. How about this? In the fourth quarter, through two games, Panther opponents have run 42 plays. Carolina has run 21. Wow. Time of possession in the fourth quarter. When guys are tired already. Against Cleveland, the Panthers had it for less than three and a half minutes. The Browns had it for more than 11 and a half minutes. Against the Giants, the Panthers had it for 313. Mm. The Giants had it for 1147. The Giants ran 21 plays to Carolina's eight in the fourth quarter. Time of possession can be a stat that doesn't matter, but Eugene, in the fourth quarter, when guys are tired and now you're out there longer, what sort of difference does that make? It makes a huge difference. It means your defense is just tired. You you can't sustain. You have to be able to, to mount an offensive charge and keep your defense fresh, and that's not happening. And then you're limited the opportunities you have to you, – you said 42 to 21 – you limited the opportunities you had to go ahead and make plays. And don't forget, let's throw in um, third down percentage. Third down percentage was abysmal. It was like 16% yesterday. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'll throw in that. In the Cleveland game, the field goal drive was a minute and change, and then you had the long play to Robbie Anderson. So they were successful, just didn't have the ball a whole lot. And in both the games you referenced, it wasn't like either other opponent was like doing a juggernaut thing. It's the old, I don't have to be faster than the bear. I just have to be faster than you. <laughs> yes, indeed. And so the Giants were just a little bit better. They weren't great, but they were a little bit better. And Cleveland was a little bit better about making plays in the fourth quarter to get what they had to do to get the wins. Start fast, finish strong. 
And you can maybe get that first win of the season. Panthers and finish are, on time is important. Also. Oh, and two finishing on time. I'm, I'm working on that. How much time do we have left in the show? You've got about 20 seconds now. 20 seconds That's for it. Eugene Robinson, Jim Zoki, <laughs> Ivan Ishrop. This has been Panther Talk. We'll see you next Monday. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.